You were listening to episode 147 of Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we get a hit of nostalgia running around with America's favorite family in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. That was probably the longest intro that we have done in the nearly three years that we've been doing the show. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about that. I was like, wow, I'm still talking. <laughs> yeah, so um, Ryan and I actually were just kind of dabbling in our old episodes, and we found that um, in three weeks, it'll be three years of the Game Deflators podcast. And we are unwittingly celebrating Simpsons Month with our three-year anniversary, which is a fine coincidence, I guess. I don't know if there's like, I don't know when The Simpsons started. Maybe it started this time of the year. Simpsons? I don't know, dude. Uh, maybe. It's the starting. first episode was a Christmas episode, though. Yeah, and it was in 89, so probably not good in year. the middle of September. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, good year. Uh, well, so while Ryan looks it up to confirm when The Simpsons actually launched, uh, which month it was, uh, this week we got a pretty fun episode. So we played a little bit of Simpsons Hit and Run. Uh, we're going to be talking about Nintendo... Ooh, December 17th, 1989. Yeah, I figured. Uh, we'll talk about Nintendo bringing Game Boy and Game Boy Color games to the Switch Online. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, WADA Games Heritage Auctions uh, corruption, I oh. guess you can say, that's going on. So we'll dig into that in a recent video that we watched. Uh, we'll discuss a little bit about the PS5 uh, smaller heatsink and what that might mean. And then uh, Ryan's going to take the lead here. He's super excited to talk about the uh, potentially upcoming PlayStation Showcase as well as Nintendo Direct. Uh, so we'll look into that a bit too. But as always, to get started, uh, check us out on thegameinflators.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The Game Deflators, Twitter at Game Deflators. Leave a five-star review on those wonderful podcast applications. And uh, Ryan, what'd you pick up this week? I just first I want to let everybody know that I was laughing because I thought that uh, September, September, <laughs> but that doesn't sound like we want to celebrate September. No, not at all, dude. <laughs> let us know what you think about September. September, okay. Uh, so I like Spider Month better. <laughs> yeah, last week was um, interesting. So I was uh, I was going somewhere and. I'd been seeing for a while, I've been watching the Spawn Wave news thing every morning for a while now. And whenever he pulls up charts on like sales trends and stuff for like Switch, you always see Mario Kart 8 up there. And I'm always like, who's buying Mario Kart 8? So like it came out for the Wii U and now it's, you know, been like one of the best selling titles. And then it was me. It was me. I'm the one who did it. I was the person who bought it. It was me the whole time. So I finally got it. I've never played it before. It's awesome. Like, I know. It's it great. looks incredible. Like everything's super cool. The anti-grav stuff's awesome. Uh, I did do an interesting experiment though. So since I was going somewhere, I downloaded it over Wi-Fi hotspot on my phone. Hmm. And it took a good long while to do, but it worked. So uh hey that's a cool thing and i didn't even have like a 5g phone at the time it was just like a 4g phone and it wasn't great reception so well you got 5g now because you got the vaccine right yes yeah okay yeah <laughs> built in built in 5g built in baby well the spider-man of wireless networking <laughs> well uh anything else you picked up uh so i got that um Oh, I got uh, Zelda Joy-Cons because my Joy-Cons I never sent back in. 
and uh, the Joy-Cons I was borrowing from my friend also have a problem. Yeah. So I need to send both of those back in. But with the recent discovery of you could just put a piece of business card under it and it fixes the problem basically. And the also recent discovery that if you're going to open it up to put a piece of business card under it, you can just buy like a whole new little Joy-Con part offline for like like a dollar yeah. or something. So I might just order four of those and fix all the other Joy-Cons I have, give my friend back his lender pair that he's been giving me for a year, and then I will have my own two sets of Joy-Cons. But I thought these Zelda Joy-Cons, like, I remember when they were first announced, people were like, oh my God, this is going to be the new hot Nintendo thing that you can't find anywhere. And now it's just everywhere. Yeah, I saw four at Walmart yesterday. When so I was it's there. like, I think it's so interesting that there's been this huge history, like especially I think it was really peaking during Amiibo and then like when the first NES Classic launched. But since then, like you could still just go out and casually find the Animal Crossing Switch you can't find any more like the EV Pikachu ones. So those ones were definitely more of a limited thing. But it's so interesting how I see so much more like it's just hard to find things that you should be able to get like the PS5 still. So get this. I uh, at Walmart yesterday stacks and stacks of 3D Mario All-Stars, $30. Oh. Not kidding. So I was like, damn. Like, I might just need to <laughs> pick some up and flip them myself at some point, uh, which it was honestly kind of shocking. Like, I'm I'm wondering if I want to wait to see if they go down even lower. I can't believe that they would lower the price because they're never... Well, I guess it's the retail lowering the price. Yeah, because they can't get rid of them. Yeah. So everybody's got them. So I might actually... I don't know. I might go out there and, and buy a couple more. But, like, you can buy brand new right now. $37 or best offer, pre-owned. Mm-hmm with four dollar shipping brand new 39 or 43 dollars i mean it's not that far off here's another one 40 bucks so like walmart after you consider the tax and everything it's right on par yeah with what you're looking at on the secondary market so yeah that was a little shocking um so as far as my stuff is concerned i haven't been picking up too many uh, brand new games um or really games in general just because i've been so flipping busy of everything i'm doing uh, most of what I've been doing recently has been selling magic cards on TCG. So mm -hmm. I have sold quite a bit with my goal of getting some Badlands at some point for Legacy or getting like a pair of Badlands and a pair of Taigas so I can play Legacy a little more often down the road and have that versatility with dual lands, which I didn't have in the past. Uh, so I think I'm going to do that once I sell enough. I think I've only sold like 65 or $70 worth. So I'm about a quarter of the way there for one card oh wow yeah but i'm selling like commons and uncommons for like a buck a piece so you know every time i'm selling them and then there's like a dollar shipping and i only pay 50 cents on shipping so or 55 cents so every single time i'm selling i'm making an extra 50 cents on the shipping alone and um yeah i mean it's it's pretty nice being able to kind of just go through and put cards online and flip them and sell them and i've got like a hundred percent tcg rating now of the sales i've made and uh, it's it's pretty interesting, so we'll see. Not hold. You want to get into the cards that are really worth some money? Talking about K-pop photo cards. No, I'm good. My wife is all about the secondary K-pop photo card market right now, and yeah. that is like insane. I've got some Pokemon cards on my list on there. 
We'll see how that goes. Uh, but outside of that, I picked up the Monster Boy Collector's Edition on Nintendo Switch via Limited Run Games. And I was looking at the PS4 version, but it was sold out. So next best thing was Switch. Because uh, PS4 is limited to 900 copies. And That's it? Yeah. Holy hell. And then it's like five times the amount of copies were released on the Switch. So I'm not sure why that was the case but that's what they did wish i would have known that in advance and i would have picked up a ps4 version and i honestly would have preferred a ps4 version over to switch but it is what it is uh for those that don't know this game for the longest time is like out of print i guess and it shot up to like 150 bucks for a copy of it so the fact that i could get a limited run copy for 70 dollars of the same game and get all the cool collectibles totally worth it so picked that up just in case um you know it becomes scarce again, and then we have this whole issue where I don't want to pay $150 and wish I would have picked it up for less. Uh, and then in terms of what I'm playing, uh, dude, Apex Legends all the way. That's all I've been doing. I've been playing so much arenas. It's unbelievable. And it's just a ton of fun. I've been playing a lot with Fuse. So I don't know if um, you know Fuse, right? The guy that launches the grenades. So in arenas, he's able to hold extra grenades. And so... Justin actually made a video recently where he had like a P2020 and a Mozambique and loaded up a bunch of arc stars and that's all he did. And he's gotten to the point where when he's in matches, he's just like arc star, arc star, arc star, P2020, kill the enemy. And it's just brutal. He's getting like nine kills per match that he's playing. And he's, nobody can counter him. Nobody can really counter it. Like there's people that'll throw arc stars back, but he's gotten so good at it, he could stick people from across the map. I've started getting good at it's where I could stick people with this cluster bomb across the oh, map. Oh, yeah. And, it, dude, it is so hilarious when somebody's sitting there sniping and you just, like, pinpoint accurately yeah. hit somebody with this thing and they just panic and they run because they're like, oh, crap, cluster, you know, bomb just came out of nowhere. And you just see, like, the ding, ding, ding of their shield, like, popping every time as they're going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been pretty fun to watch. Uh, so yeah, so um, I've been playing some Apex. I haven't gotten back into God of War. I actually tried to play it last night, as a matter of fact. And I'm sitting there, played some Apex. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll transition to God of War. Started falling asleep on the control. Like, Motherfuckers. <laughs> so yeah, jumped off, went to bed, and that was kind of it. So how far are you in God of War? I'm still like in the same area. So I I got to. You still hadn't gotten the boat yet, right? No, You're I got in, like to, the baby beginning. I got to the second dwarf finished up his stuff and oh, wait, then no, you have the you should have the boat by oh yeah, yeah i think i do yeah. actually so the witch or whatever started making like bridges for me to cross oh, okay. and then i knew i had to turn it off when she's like here's a bridge to cross and i was crossing the bridge and then i opened my eyes back up and i was clear across the other side of the area mm-hmm. i'm like yeah okay let's turn this off now <laughs> so yeah i'll uh, i'll jump into that probably today actually i'll probably take some time to play that and just kind of dive back into it. I'll play Mario at some point. Oh my god, yeah, I know. You still gotta beat that. I will. You got three months. Three months. To beat a Mario game. Come on. What's that gonna take me? I don't know, man. <laughs> Mr. Persona 4, Persona 5. I just really wanna play Spice World, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I gotta see if I where it is. Uh okay. Uh did you uh outside of Mario, anything else you're playing? I mean, not I mean Mario Kart, obviously. Uh, no, yeah, just jamming on some of the Mario Kart. It's been fun. All right, sounds good. Well, let's jump into the first article here, dude. Uh, Nintendo is reportedly set to bring Game Boy and Game Boy Color games to Switch Online. This is Sean Hollister at The Verge. So this has been kind of 
bouncing around for like the last week and a half pretty heavy. I mean, it's been rumored for a while. I think that this is fundamentally like one of the best moves that they could make. And I'm surprised it took them so long to come to this point just because putting handheld games on a handheld console makes a ton of sense. Those are the kinds of games that were inherently built with the design of, hey, just, you know, play a little bit and then shut it off and then you can play some more. And this is exactly what the Switch is. Perfect. So I think uh, with, with looking back now, especially since it's been a while, we used to talk about the Switch Online and stuff a lot more like especially when it was new we talked about it pretty heavy for a little while and I was getting a bunch of stuff on there for cheap and since then it's kind of evolved into like you know it's got so many games on there most of them are trash most of them are like burying stuff there's like reports of like the same game but with just different titles being put up twice within a week of each other like it's not a curated environment and it's really gone away from that but that's just like the marketplace for purchasing stuff. The Switch Online component that you're paying for is mostly just, you know, the connectivity for your online games. And those are limited basically just to first party Nintendo games. So for 20 bucks a year, you've been getting the Super Nintendo and the NES. It's like over 100 games and now adding a third one. I think it makes that 20 bucks even more appealing because like, in the mess that is the online store, like there's such a prolific history of Nintendo things and they're not trying to sell those to you. They're just trying to give them to you for the 20 bucks a year, which seems very reasonable. Like you don't have to go search through the clutter. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to like, you know, you can just let all that be there and have all these great old titles. And I think that Game Boy, possibly Game Boy Advance, you know, especially to get people ready for like this Advance Wars remake. If that hits and sells, we're going to see like a Golden Sun remake bundle. We're going to see all kinds of stuff. What was that um, one game where you had like the the light gun and it was like had like a light receptor in like the cartridge? Like you could tell if it was daytime or nighttime when you were playing. It would be harder at night. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember. It's like a really cool game. It's supposed to be fun, but it's super hard to emulate. I mean, the Switch has the ability to pretty much, I would say, tell what the brightness is outside. Well, yeah. Like with all the different stuff that's built into it, it can yeah. tell you that. So like there's a lot of room here to build in like uh, tilt and tumble games. You know, there's gyroscope in there. Like a lot of this stuff you haven't really been able to emulate on other hardware. Now you can do it on the Switch and it'll be i think it'll be great i, I think, think we need a move. pokemon pinball remake on there mm -hmm. that'd be nice uh yeah i mean it's uh something that you know i can see why nintendo is taking this long to do it because what it does is it adds another item to draw the attention towards the switch so i think they're phasing a lot of this stuff in which makes sense from a business standpoint right you're not going to put all your eggs in one basket right off the bat you're just going to kind of do a phased approach, which I think they've done here and they've done kind of nicely uh, to kind of release these things out over time. And it just creates excitement for their console. I'm definitely stoked about this. Uh, there's a lot of Game Boy games over the years I never got to play <clears throat> because I just either didn't purchase them or just 
didn't care to play them when I was younger. Uh, now having that opportunity coming forward, it does make me want to jump in and buy, you know, for 20 bucks a year. And specifically just on that, you know, I've heard horror stories from people on like Nintendo servers and the, you know, the functionality of their online play. And uh, in general, it's just not like a great user experience. But I think this, to your point, dude, this makes it 100% worth it. Like being able to have access to that library at 20 bucks a year is not a bad deal. And then why, why even worry about emulation at that point, you know, cause they're releasing it. You're able to play it. Mm-hmm. So who cares? Like now I get like emulation in cases of games that, you know, I don't know if Hagane on is on Nintendo switch online, for example. Um, I haven't dove in to see, but you know, that's an expensive game and I can see why people would say, you know what? I want to go ahead and emulate this because Nintendo's who's got just, the money. Yeah. Who's got the money and Nintendo's not releasing it? Same could be said for like Little Samson, right? If I can't play Little Samson on, on Nintendo Online and I'm not going to pay a grand to play it, let's go ahead and emulate oh, dude, it. Dude, so. I mean, like Mario 64 is like $2 million. Like who can afford to buy <laughs> $2 million? Yeah, we'll we'll dig into that here. Actually, you want to just... Uh, yeah. let's, let's just... We were kind of going to talk about that before, so... Yeah, let's jump into that now. There was a video that came out like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, uh, by Carl Jobst. Uh, and Yost. it's on YouTube. Carl Yost. Yost. Okay. And uh, per, forgive my pronunciation. So um, basically, it's a super deep takedown of WADA and these super overpriced games that have been trading. And basically, it kind of seems like he broke the scoop that this is based off of like insider trading and like fixing the prices and having like ghost bidders or whatever it was called like shill bidders shill bidders it's just like this huge shady thing that like a few people kind of were like i can just arrange these prices over time to be whatever and just continue to make money off of being the person who says they're the authority on this well, one of the crazy things is how he links it back to other collectibles in the past. And, and to give everybody a general idea, he's pretty much saying that because of all these high-priced sealed games that are occurring, like the $2 million Mario and the $1.5 million Mario 64 and all that, that we are in a um, hyper-inflated and artificial bubble in gaming, and it's all going to burst at some point, whether it's in the near future or uh, later on down the road, but this will burst at some point. And uh, he kind of dives back into talking about uh, coin collecting in the 80s, uh, uh, comic books in like the 90s. You've got sports cards, all of that that was occurring years ago as well. And every single one of those collectible bubbles popped over time. And so one of the things I found interesting is when he talked about, uh, I think it was specifically the comic books and how the owner of Heritage Auctions, there's somebody that accuses him in the video, I forget who it is, but uh, basically said that the the owner would take like a sealed copy of a game or a a comic, would get it graded, release it, purchase his own copy for a few thousand dollars more, yeah, shelve it, and then do it again five or six years later, exactly, and just keep arbitrarily pushing that price up himself. Yeah, and then the one thing that's noted in this too is that a lot of different companies that do grading. So for example, like CGC or any, or like Beckett or any of these companies, uh, what they will typically do is they'll release like a population of how many of these games have, have been graded, graded and what are they graded at and so on. So you know how rare this game actually is based on the grading system. We see that with card games too. So for example, there's a guy, um, I think it's Loveheart or something, or I forget his name, but um, he's a guy that does like Pokemon uh uh, sealed pack opens basically mm-hmm. and he does a lot of grading as well 
And so a lot of times he'll say, hey, look, here's all of the like Charizards that have been graded. And here's like the ones that receive like X grades yeah. and what they're at. So you know the population because that's been released. You know how rare that specific Because if there's only is. one, it's different yeah. than if there's a hundred. And so like companies usually do that to help inform the consumer on what's actually rare and what's not. Get a Wada, fair price. Yeah. Wada Games refuses to release any sort of information on uh, what they've graded before. So they could have graded, you know... 100,000 copies of Mario, for example, sealed and have all these grades, and they will not tell us how many of those games have actually well, been graded. And Heritage will only trade in WADA-graded product. Yeah. And they won't accept grading from... And WADA's not even the first. No, VGA was, I think. Yeah, so it's like, it's super sketchy once you get down to the bottom of this. And I've not heard of uh, Carl before, but I'm definitely going to start following and looking into more of his stuff because, like... This is some really good, like, you know, hard-nosed journalism that nobody really, like, we all heard the stories online about these auctions. And then all of a sudden this, like, huge takedown with, like, personal anecdotes from people that, like, actually, like, know and are close to the people being accused. Like, there's a lot going on there. Well, and he does say, like, he didn't technically break the story. Um, there's a lot of other, like, smaller podcasts and youtubers like kind of like ourselves that talk about this type of stuff and have been breaking it over the years but they didn't have the platform to be able <laughs> John, to we're like, not breaking anything no I, i'm not saying we are but they didn't have the platform to uh project these to thoughts launch it out right into yeah. the world that well, well and you and i have had thoughts on things too but you know we don't have as large of an audience as this guy to get that information out there so there's times where we've talked about our opinion on certain matters and it's either happens or is in the process of happening, uh, you know, down the road. So yeah, he basically used his platform to kind of prop up these other YouTubers and podcasters such who have been talking about this for years and their frustrations tied to the fact that, you know, these essentially investors are coming in with no intention of collecting and in a sense are ruining video game collecting for the vast majority of us. Like I'm not... I'm not buying any games right now outside of new copies of games or copies of games that are on sale for current gen. I haven't bought a retro game in quite some time because the game prices are way too high. And it's primarily because we have this artificial crazy market of sealed games and everybody wanting to get everything they can graded and buy every single well, retro you were game. you going to get that one copy graded, right? Yeah, I was looking at WADA games and then I started digging into this and, and reading into it. And uh, yeah, I mean... I'm probably, if anything, not that I wanted to go to VGA, but I'll go to VGA and get that one graded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's not to say that grading is bad because no. grading is good for like the comic Transparency industry. Transparency is good, though. Yes. And that's the key thing here is that there's corruption tied to, uh, from what he has said, WADA games and like heritage auctions. VGA is not included in that. And if you kind of look at other things like CGC and uh, CBCS and all that for the comic book side of things... Grading is actually a really cool part of the hobby. It allows you to keep something pristine and as a showpiece. And that's what I would want for like my copy of Devil's Third. Yeah. I would want it to be like a showpiece type of thing for my collection. And the primary reason I was looking at WADA is because aesthetically, their cases are better than VGA. Mm -hmm. um, and their price point was better than VGA. But after this, going to have to start looking at VGA as an option on that. I haven't looked at, I haven't gotten it graded yet. I haven't even started a process on it. But. I, you know, I'd love to have a graded piece in the collection. I'm not going to start doing, you know, graded collecting for the most part. But the few sealed games I have, it might be worth, you know, yeah. getting graded just to make sure that they stay in the condition they are. The 
the thing also to pull from this is like how much more insight into like it's mostly you know investors it's not like none of the people involved in this really seem to be like core to caring like it's people that are after money that are you know they own shares in collectibles and buy and sell those collectibles and those are the people that are like doing this like everybody else who's like you know just like us just buying and selling and doing regular game trading and stuff like this is like something that's happening to us through these other people trying to get in on our thing yeah well i mean and there's money to be made so i totally understand that and what they're doing um you know but at some point it's gonna burst it's gonna have to it's gonna get to a point where you know like two million dollars for a copy of mario brothers sealed at a 9.8 like that's absurd you have things that are a hell of a lot more rare like don't they know about little samson well, yeah, right. You got little Samson, right? But no, you have like action comics, for example, like the first issue of Superman and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like that. That is actually a that's rare. That's super rare. That sh- yeah. There's no way that any copy of a video game should be worth more than that. No. Unless not. it's the maybe one of like the world champion cards. But even those are only like in the 30,000s or something, right? Uh, in the 30,000 range, I think complete in box, I want to say. It's been a while since I looked at one of those. But, you know, Mario Bros. is not exactly like a super rare game. It might be rare in a sense of being sealed, but we don't really know yet because WADA isn't releasing that information to say, here's many sealed copies we've graded. Well, and we all know that somewhere in Japan, Nintendo has like a hollowed out section of Mount Fuji where they just have like a whole crate of sealed product of everything they've ever made. We need Nintendo to just kind of step it up right now and have the whole like Indiana Jones, Mount Fuji. It's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. It's exactly what I'm thinking. We need them. We need Nintendo to save us from the graded games fiasco (laughs) that's occurring right now. Just start plopping out copies. For whatever reason, they also have like just a bunch of PS5s. (laughs) Just a bunch of PS5s. Yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah. Right. That's how they make their money. Nintendo's a scalpers all along. So transitioning to PS5. (laughs) Transitioning to PS5. Uh, Well, any, anything else on this, on this particular? Screw them. Yeah. Uh, Screw Wada, screw heritage auctions. Definitely check out the video. Uh, I've actually got a link on our Facebook page. So if you're listening, go check out our Facebook page. It's got like this whole scam corruption type title. that's tied to it. It's really cool. I normally don't sit through things like that to listen in, but I was like... It's right up our alley. If, if oh, yeah. you like anything we talk about, you'll dig this. Yeah, I mean, like seriously, dude. Like I do not really like sit back and listen to anything longer than like 15 minutes at a time at the very most. <laughs> and the fact that I sat through 52 minutes of this to hear like every single word and hanging on every word he said, I was like, yeah, yeah that's good. That was good stuff. Uh, okay, so transitioning, like you said, to PS5, the new PS5 has a much smaller heatsink, and this is uh, Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. I actually watched a video on this. I forget his name. I want to say I linked it to you, but it's uh, it's a YouTuber. I can never remember his name, but he does like wish reviews, mm-hmm. and he does like other tech-based reviews, and he's got glasses, which is the worst description ever, but he, uh, <laughs> you know, one of those glasses, people. one of those glasses guys, but no, so it's funny. He'll like order a bunch of crap off of wish and then he'll sit back and do like the tech review on everything he's ordered and do like, does you know, he, did he do the soldier boy game system? I don't think he did the soldier boy game system. I'll have to watch. I catch it every now and then. I'm not like subscribed or anything, yeah. but it's one of those, like if I happen to see it come up on my feed, I'll like watch it. And so the PS five one came up and it was specifically around how the PlayStation 5, he took the newest version that was released, um, and then he took an older version. I think both were digital-based models. 
and he uh, cracked them open after doing like a heat reading to see what the heat was. It was reading at, I think he said 48 degrees Celsius in the new one, and it was like 38 or 42 degrees Celsius. I can give on... you the one that's on this article. Okay, yeah, go so ahead. So the actual article that we have here is showing uh, the original at 52 okay. and the new at 55. That's Celsius. So yeah, three degree difference, which can be kind of crazy. And then there, the decibels were actually higher as well. So because the system has to work harder to pump out more heat on the newer version, it's actually apparently louder, I think, on the newer version than the older version as well. It also has a bigger fan. Yeah, so there's a couple things. Obviously, a fan would be to most likely compensate for the heat coming out of it. Yeah. So in this instance, uh, I don't know if it says in this article, but the video I watched, their suggestion was that the older model PS5s are the way to go compared to this new one that's come out like less than a year after the PS5's release. Like, go with the old model if you get the chance because of a heat sink, because of you know the overall. Heat I mean, why not? If it's the, the same system. price, yeah. Why exactly. not? I and think that the used PS5 market in the future is going to be probably based around this. When we were talking the other day, we were talking about how, like, you know, there's very distinct differences between, like, the generations of PSP. You know, there's less so between, like, every console gets, like, little upgrades here and there and things change throughout the life. And this is just the first big instance of those things. But, I mean, it's not quite on the level of, like, the launch PS3 having backwards compatibility. Uh, it's not that big, but it's definitely something. Like the longevity of that first run PS5 is probably going to be a little bit better just because of that. Yeah. And when I first saw a thing, I didn't think that the difference was that drastic. Like even in this image, like it doesn't look that drastic. But then when you start to notice like all the copper that's gone yep. and it's 300 grams, which I looked it up is actually over half a pound. It's like 0.6 something pounds. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not an insignificant difference. Uh, I mean, from what I can tell, there's not really a distinct, like people see the heat being vacated out and some say, well, that means that there's, more heat and some people say yeah but it also means that more heat is being vented like if there's more heat coming out that means that there's less heat inside so but it's also running hotter so well, i mean unless the original one is just retaining more of that heat inside of the unit on that bigger heat sink instead yeah. of expelling it that's a good point so like you know there's no, there's not going to be any real determination. I don't know that it's going to be a huge thing. I'm waiting for the Gen 2 anyways, so I could really care less. Yeah, I'm waiting as well for Give a bit. Give me a slim PS5. Yeah, as long as it's got a disc in it and backwards compatible PS4, I'm sold. Um, but yeah, I mean, and copper's pretty expensive anyways. So, I mean, it makes sense that they remove a bunch of copper and such. So what they've done is within a year, Sony has been able to remove enough, com not components, but enough materials... Stuff. Yeah, to make this profitable for them, which is definitely interesting because we, back with the, the PlayStation 3, that console wasn't profitable for God knows how like long. Like five years or something. It was stupid. So, yeah, I mean, they were taking a loss on everything that they sold, and the console didn't even sell that well. I mean, compared to other consoles that they've released, I mean, we're looking at, what, 88 million compared to, like, Xbox's 85 million? So that whole generation was just garbage in terms of games. So, uh, or not games, but uh, game console sales in general. So yeah, we'll see. Let us know your thoughts on this one. And uh, if you have any uh, insight 
or you are uh, kind of big into the, the tech area and like the builds and such and want to provide some comments on you know what you think is Ryan's comments on uh, it retaining more heat on the older model uh, something that you can see or uh, is this a matter of the game consoles just running hotter because of a, lo- a loss of copper in general so hit us up on Facebook Instagram and Twitter now let us into the realm of speculation so this week we have PlayStation coming up with a new showcase on uh, when is it going to be September 9th at 1 p PST. And this is uh, Felicia Miranda at IGN. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, so Sony, they've got a lot of stuff coming up on their plate. There's a lot of stuff that we've yet to see very much of. There's stuff that we haven't seen at all. And uh, I think that the thing that most people are saying... I mean, it's got to be God of War, man. It's got to be God of War. We got to see God of War. Everybody wants it. And I want like a good, legit trailer with like, show me some story. Show me some action. Show me some big freaking set piece monster that you got to fight. Like, show us all the God of War stuff that we want to see and people will be infinitely happy. I mean, I feel like at this point, I mean, I still haven't played original Horizon. I know so many people are super excited for so that. So good. I don't know how you haven't played it yet. Yeah, but it's like, I feel like I've seen a bunch of that. Like, I'm not really excited to see more of that. I'm excited for people who are going to be happy about it. Um, I do want to see what this Project Athea is. We got a glimpse of that a while ago, but not in any real terms that had anything meaningful. So, some more of that. I don't really care about Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, dude. I need more Hogwarts Legacy. I don't know what Pragmata is. Uh, Pragmata, I don't remember offhand. Uh, Heavenly Bodies, Jet the Far Shore, Stray, Final Fantasy 16. These are all things that we know about, but like, you know, they might not show up. Or they might. Who yeah. knows? I, I, want, I want Stray, but I think most of all, I want to see information on PSVR 2. Well, there's not going to be. They explicitly said no PSVR 2. That's not going to be until next year, which is fine. Like the thing is at this point, nobody has a PS5 still. So how are you going to market accessory that only 10% of PS5 owners are even going to buy? Yeah, good point. You know, like we got to get the PS5 out there. And especially over the last few months with all of the announcements of like games that were going to be exclusive and are now switching back to being cross gen. Yeah. Like, People need a reason to buy a PS5. These are going to be the reasons. This is going to be the showcase that says, you know, give your parents weapons and send them to the stores and make them wait in line and battle for your love for Christmas. This is what they're setting up the battleground right now. I do wonder what we're going to see as far as like Black Friday is concerned this year with PS5s available. All the scalpers, man. It's going to be a scalping Christmas. But that's the thing because a Black Friday typically has consoles on hand who knows with so they're not gonna be on they shouldn't be online um i mean yeah that's true with rona on the rebound who knows well i mean but still ticket based you know masks and all of that good stuff they do lotteries in other countries like they have like stores where you you get like a lottery and then you can buy one if you get picked yeah that seems smart i've never heard of doing that here i can't see them doing like online only black friday i think retailers want people to get in the store Doorbusters. Yeah, I can see them doing PlayStation 5s, like, you know, 
in person, which actually kind of makes me wonder, do I go out to like Florence or something, <laughs> some like random ass Walmart in the right. middle of nowhere and do PlayStation five, you know, out there, like, are they going to get some? So who knows? Uh, um, other things we've seen before death loop. I feel like every time I see death loop, I see more of death loop and I kind of get a little more interested but I'm sure that it's probably just going to be on Game Pass at some point. So I'm not going to buy that. I think that uh, Little Devil Inside, that was one I remembered writing down. That looked cool. Last year, that looked super cool. But if that's going to be a PS5 exclusive, then who knows? Yeah. I mean, a lot of us, we're, we're still not sure, right? Like, and there's games like, um, I think Medium, for example, is supposed to be like an Xbox exclusive. And that's going to be... It's going to move over to somewhere else. Yeah, I'm pretty I think, sure. I think a lot of them are like a year yeah. Like it's exclusive for a year. Which is fine. I get it. They're trying to push those games on those consoles or, re- or really push consoles in general through that like year of exclusivity. Uh, like Bioshock was like that too. It was a timed exclusive on the 360 and now it's on everything. So I think we're kind of past the day and age of, you know, exclusives unless it's a, uh, you know, company owned IP, which is why, in a sense, I've always been a big Sony fan because and not purchase an Xbox because there haven't really been any like core exclusives that are only on Xbox. Uh, like because, huh? Yeah. But the thing (laughs) is like, can't that be, that's true. Halo. Halo. Yeah. But it's on PC now. Well, I guess Halo's always kind of had an off-on history with PC a little yeah. bit. So, like, a lot of these games get transitioned over to PC anyways because it's Microsoft. Uh, whereas Psychonauts. Sony, Psychonauts. Psychonauts 2 just came out on Game Pass. I was listening to people talk about it on the way here. I might have to go back and play some of those. Yeah, Maybe Psych- that'll get me in the mood for Mario. Well, Psychonauts, I think, is owned by Microsoft now, part of one of their deals. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I'm going to at some point get the PlayStation 5. I'm... Excited to an extent for what's to come, but I really want to get a GPU more than anything else. Yeah. I really need a graphics card for my computer. So, right. uh, besides speculating on that, we've also got the rumor mill a churning that Nintendo is going to be doing a direct sometime in the near future. Nobody really knows what kind of stuff you know Nintendo's going to do for a direct until they do it. But I know the one thing people have been really wanting to see for the, like the last three directs is waluigi on super smash brothers okay that too uh but no uh hollow knight silk song yeah hollow actually, knight was so good people so excited I, for silk song i want to see some of that i still need to play hollow knight dude it's so good the oh, music is so I've good i've heard it's fantastic i'm in the middle of ori still we yeah. started playing a little bit more of that recently that's so good too um, although we're stuck so let's see. Uh, prominent leaker Zippo claims on Blogger that Nintendo Direct will be happening soon, likely during the first complete week of the month. So next week, uh, or the following week, because we got a holiday. I don't know. Do does anybody else care about Labor Day? Like I feel like most people here don't care about Labor Day. <laughs> like uh, the international <laughs> community and Nintendo recognize that as not being a reason to release it to direct, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I like it because I don't have to go to the office. So, so um, well, I guess sit at my computer. Yeah, some more speculation on that. Uh, possibly seeing some more Metroid Dread, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Advance Wars 1 and 2, that looks like it's going to be awesome. Uh, kind of leading into what we were talking about earlier, if they're going to bring back Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, like... 
you know, that would be a cool announcement to have some more of both of those. The Final Smash DLC characters, I know that there's so much. Like, Vegas should have odds on one, though. They can't. Does it say, the outcome's determined already. Does it say Final Smash characters? Final DLC character for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. If they do not release Waluigi as the Final Smash character for DLC, there's going to be some pretty pissed off people. Dude, what if it's just, like, another sword character from Fire Emblem? <laughs> Like if it's another just some other, it might as well just be Fire Emblem Heroes or something, or Fire Emblem oh, Smash. Cranky Bros. Kong, Cranky. Oh, dude, Cranky Kong would be badass. Okay, he tops Waluigi. I would totally buy that game and a DLC specifically for Cranky Kong. Or what would be what would be like the worst like sellout character? I don't know. Like, what if they got like a smoking deal with Pillsbury and they put the Doughboy in there? Can you imagine if they put the Doughboy in over Waluigi? He's not from the game. I know. But no, like cool just, spot. There we go. He has a game. Cool spot. <laughs> Put cool spot in Pepsi there. Pepsi man. <laughs> Pepsi man. <laughs> Pepsi finally broke into gaming again. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Soldier boy. Soldier. Yeah. They put so- Soldier Boy in the game. Yeah, because he now owns Smash Bros. Right. Yeah. There we go. Which, by the way, I haven't seen anything else oh, on that Atari topic. Oh, so I did hear a follow up on that. Oh. So apparently, what happened with the Soldier Boy thing was they. Offered him 140 million Atari coins, which is like a proprietary um, cryptocurrency that Atari is trying to make as like a staple backer for all like uh, microtransactions. Like basically they want to take... And add another layer of ambiguity to microtransactions. So not only are you buying coins and gems in the game, but to buy those coins and gems, you need to pay with Atari coins that you buy with real money. That's what Atari thinks the future is. Atari's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason that they are where they are right now. So, I mean, that's that's what Soldier Boy got confused about. It wasn't real money. It was like, I think I heard somebody talking about the exchange and they're like half a cent. So 140 million half a cents is still not a lot. I mean, it's still something. Not really. 140 million dollars, for example, right? If you took off two zeros from that, you're looking at 1.4 million. Uh-huh. And then yeah, I guess half that out. If my math is right, yeah, I guess yeah, it's like 700k. Technically, that's still money. But in like fake currency that nobody wants to buy from you and. If you're using Soldier Boy as your spokesperson <laughs> and he thinks he now owns your yeah. company because he gave you 700 Well, he again. like backed out of everything because it's like, I guess like he got the money no matter what. It was like guaranteed in the contract. So yeah. he basically just like, maybe he did that on purpose. Maybe he was just like, I want the money. I'm going to walk away from it. Atari's dumb. Like, why would you use that guy as your spokesperson? And, I like, don't know. Try what did do it cost them really though? Nothing? Nothing. Because it's fake money? currency. Yeah. It's just printed currency. So, so what's he gonna do? Buy like the upteenth copy of Centipede and Pac-Man? <laughs> the the only other thing, so um let's see, Splatoon 3, that had like a weird trailer. I'm not a big Splatoon person, so I mean if they have more stuff on that, cool. Yeah, I mean, even what we played when we did an inflation deflation on it was like eh. Well, it's just like I don't know if there is a story. Like there is a story, but like I don't know it. So like the third sequel in a shooting yeah, franchise you're not gonna get excited over it um mario rabbit sparks of hope i did think that that looked really good Bleh. when we saw the trailer for that last time and then the way they word this 
the still unnamed sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's been so long since we've gotten anything else on this. I think we're not going to get like a big trailer or anything. Maybe we get the subtitle though. Maybe we at least get the tag on it. Uh, you know, honestly, the sequel has to be Exhale of the Wild. Breath of the Wild? And then Exhale of the Wild. Sequel. You breathe in and you exhale. It's genius, Ryan. Mm. Just think about it. It's science. It's backed by science. You have to take your Breath of the Wild in and you exhale your Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Okay, let's move on. Ryan didn't get the dad joke. I get it. <laughs> I just didn't. I, I was trying to come up with my own one, and I, I was floundering worse than you. It's because I beat you to it. <laughs> you can't defeat my dad jokes now. Uh, okay, so... I mean, that's pretty much it. They'll yeah. probably talk about the Game Boy stuff. They'll talk about, like, a couple games. I would like to see, you know... We all want to see what we want to see, but I, as long as I get Silk Song, as long as we get that Smash character, and it's somebody really dope, like, Waluigi would just be the ultimate closeout, but who knows? Well, uh, that being said, let's jump into our inflation deflation for a week. Uh, this week we played some Simpsons Hit and Run, as we said earlier, developed by Radical Entertainment, uh, published by Vivaldi Universal Games, uh, designed by Joe McGinn. It was released September 16th. Oh, sorry. Of- it should be Vivendi. It, it autocorrected. You always do this to me. Always. People, he always does this to me. Uh, uh, released September uh, 26, September 16 of 2003. See, so screwed me up, Ryan. And uh, the game type is an action-adventure racing game. I would just say it's GTA Simpsons style. Yeah. Uh, and then it has a reception of an 8. Uh, dude, I played this game very little when I first got it many years ago back in 2003 because i got this upon release and i just never got into it at that were you big into the simpsons then i was actually and i just never got into it and i think a big part of that is because i was playing gta so because it was like oh it was the knockoff it was a knockoff if you got that and then got a little older and played gta boom perfect but yeah because it was the reverse yeah because i was already playing some gta to some extent with uh i guess three at that point in time um that's where my mind was, right? It was just GTA. And in all sense, like, oh, here's The Simpsons with a GTA knockoff. And so I played a little bit. I was like, all right, yeah, this is okay, but it's not my favorite thing ever. Having played it again today and having now watched 29 seasons of The Simpsons in the last year, yeah, this game is awesome, dude. Yeah, I've been rewatching a ton of Simpsons just this week, too. And, I mean, it's so good, like... I was saying I'd play and we're going to do Simpsons all month. Yeah. But like just being able to revisit any of these games just to get like the voice and like the interactions and just more Simpsons. Like I think that that's totally worthwhile and engaging. Um, I thought the controls in this were like pretty good. Uh, Recently, there was an awesome video uh, somebody put online. They remade this game in Unreal 3 or something. And put it online. Unreal 4. Unreal 4. And it looked awesome. I mean, for some guy just spending a week doing it, I think it got like the original devs like excited or somebody. And we might see a remake of this, which would be so cool and so worth like checking out. Well, I, I and, think this was a ton of fun today. Well, and the cool thing is you have 18 years have passed since they made this. So you're talking you like add. a whole bunch that you can add to yeah. it. And, I mean, if you can really, like, expand the world of The Simpsons in a hit-and-run, like, remake, dude, I would totally buy that. 
Totally buy that. Now, there is a Simpsons game, I know, but I, I never played it. I think that's on the PS3, uh, that copy. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of Simpsons I don't know. Games. Maybe we could play that one instead of one of the Super Nintendo and Nintendo ones because uh, it's more of that 3D action mm-hmm. versus a 2D um, side-scrolling and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, dude, so when we played this, uh, I definitely enjoyed the controls of it. Um, very fluid, very easy to, to work with. Uh, the missions were pretty straightforward um, and really just allowed you to expand into that universe and world of the Simpsons. And of course, there's a lot of unlockable components that will be tied to missions like any other game of this nature, right? So like uh, Montgomery Burns' uh, estate, can't get in there right off the bat, right? But there's a secret tunnel to go to... Um, What's the uh, the stone the stone masons stone masons or stone cutters whatever the stone cutters yeah stone that's cutters, what yeah it is. and so that that's been a long time since I watched that episode uh, but yeah so I mean you're able to expand on that you have the different characters and such that are you know talking throughout and and their expressions and whatnot Flanders has like a bunker in his backyard uh, you're able to go into the school and and do various things on there which was hilarious when you're sitting back talking to uh, um, what's his name Skinner. And he's like, uh, I'm busy installing asbestos. Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah, different voice commentary. clips are great. Yeah, the voice clips are a lot of fun. So I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, it was a, a nice little blast in the past and something I never really appreciated back then, but can appreciate it now. And I would love to see some sort of remake or remaster. The one thing I think we both agreed, the thing that translates the worst from 2D to 3D is Lisa. Oh my God. Her Lisa hair is... does not translate well. No, not in any capacity does her hair translate the way it needs to. Uh, at all uh so yeah i mean really simpsons in general if you think about it, if you look at some of the like 3d special episodes they've had like when homer gets put into uh the computer into the no he gets like into a wall i think it was a treehouse of horror episode, yeah i just actually. watched that one yesterday oh did you yeah. yeah so i remember when he gets in there he's like ooh, and he's like pressing on water and he's like freaking out and stuff and uh like even the 3d rendering on that is not the best like this is just a set of characters that just doesn't really translate into yeah. a 3D setting very well and just looks so much better in that, you know, standard art style that they're already it produced in. It would be in. interesting to see, like, a cel-shaded remake as opposed to, like, a 3D remake yeah. to keep it, like, 2D, 3D. Because, like, I feel like there's enough tech now that they could probably do that without as much difficulty and really stylize it in a way that would work well. Although... From what we saw from the Unreal mate that the guy did, like it looked pretty good when he did it, and yeah. it was just one guy. So they could probably do the 3D a lot better now. Yeah, I would agree. So, and uh, you know, the artwork is definitely above and beyond what it was 18 years ago. Um, really, 17 and like nine tenths of a year ago. Uh, so yeah, I, I would love to see this. Like I said, remade, and I had a lot of fun with it. So getting down into uh, the brass tacks on this one. Most expensive version, of course, is going to be your complete in-box uh, GameCube, specifically Player's Choice on this one, uh, at $58.44. And then your cheapest version is going to be a PAL loose copy on the PS2 for $10.65. I mean, this game is pricey in general, right? And we played this, uh, I think I mentioned it, but we played it on PS2. Always um, on PS2. I put the GameCube price in here, but knowing John, PlayStation man, like... It made sense that it would have been on PS2. I, I'm pretty sure I have this on the GameCube, actually. I don't know if I have a player's choice for I just associate these games with GameCube, even though I never played them. For some reason, they just scream out GameCube game to me. Yeah, well, it's interesting as the player's choice being as high as it is. And I, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier before recording today that 
I think a lot of that is because it sold so many copies as like a black label, the player's choice came out specifically for that and likely just had a lower print run, which would explain why it's a little more expensive on that side of things. Um, Cause like the same thing with silent Hill three, I think, or two, one of those two, uh, silent Hill two or three, the, um, greatest hits version is actually rarer than the black label mm-hmm. but it's not from a value perspective people just tend to spend more on the black label and i think that's part aesthetically as well uh but for ps2 you're looking at complete in box 34.76 that peaked at 45 dollars in surprise surprise april of 2021 it looks like it's still trending upwards though well it kind of slumped down and now it's looping back up yeah so get ready for that next wave to roll through we'll see man uh, a loose copy is going to run you 28 bucks. that peaked at $35 in again. Surprise, surprise, May of 2021. Also trending up, so the same uh, trend. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think here. A complete the GameCube inbox, one being like 20 bucks more Yeah, makes me feel like this PlayStation one is... It's the way to go. Yeah, it's definitely it. not overpriced like that. It. It feels like 30 bucks is a lot for this, but it's way better than 35. Yeah. Uh, I would say this game is definitely inflated. But how inflated? But what not by much. What would be a fair price? Like 30 bucks? I think 30 is honestly fair for this. And it's kind of what I was leaning. You know, and it kind of goes back into discussions we've had with prior games, right? It's not oh, necessarily We should have looked at the manual for this. I bet since it's Simpsons it has a good manual. Yeah. With well, some jokes and stuff in it or it something. Might, yeah, we should check that out. I mean, we got Road Rage A good next manual week. can help sell a game for me. I mean, the artwork's good. We get into this every so often, like when you start looking at like a franchise game. Like, I'm sure that the, ex- the group of people that collect for this are not just gamers, but also Simpsons collectors. So there's probably a larger market than for other games for this. So that could also be a reason why it's more expensive because more people have their eyes on it. Yeah. Uh, With a remake around the road, possibly though, or at least stirrings of excitement, I would think that that would make this game probably go up, especially since it kind of was peaked and then kind of came down and now it's kind of maybe going back up. If this is overpriced, it's probably not as overpriced as it's going to be coming up. Well, that's assuming that, you know... Simpsons is still on air. Once it goes off air, I'm sure all the stuff that has Simpsons on it will go up five bucks or something stupid. <laughs> or something stupid, yeah. Uh, you know, 30 bucks, I think, is a fair price here. Uh, you know, like I was saying, we have talked about this with prior games in the past where uh, you have a game that is kind of high price like this, but when you start kind of considering other areas, right? Like the day and age that we're at where games are costing sometimes $70 for a brand new game. And you're getting a full game that at one point was $50 uh, when it came out. So 30 bucks to $35, it's not going to break the bank. It's still a fun game at the end of the day. Uh, if you're able to upscale your PS2 or have that capability, totally worth it to do this and play this game. I think you'll get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I do think it's still inflated at 35 bucks right now, but inflated but worth paying but worth paying so in that case it's just right if you wanted to go by that rough rating system (laughs) rough rating system uh all right so is it just right at 35 or is it inflated uh i don't see why i don't see why it wouldn't be just right because if if it was inflated we would say that it wouldn't be 
It wouldn't it be would, worth it. It would be too inflated for us to call it inflated. It would have to be like, like I would not pay sixty bucks for a complete inbox on GameCube. No, definitely not. But thirty-five is very palatable mm-hmm. on that. So, all right, let's put in just right on our rating system on this one. And at some point in time, folks, we will update our website, and it will have all of the just rights and. Uh, reviews that you desire to read back on even though you're listening to this episode now as ryan type types away on my computer you don't have your ipad on you today oh as he shakes his head and rolls back to his microphone i got a dope new phone yeah you don't need an iphone anymore or an ipad anymore but can you update our uh our notes on your phone oh yeah i wrote the whole script on it oh I got a Galaxy Z Fold 3. It's super cool. If you like folding phones or you think they're dope, get one. Check out Mr. Mobile. Shout out to Mr. Mobile. I'm going to keep my OnePlus, my Chinese phone of some sort. Well, They're stealing uh, all our podcast ideas, John. They are. They really are. So next week, we're going to be playing some Simpsons Road Rage on the PlayStation 2, of course. And uh, the week after that, I'm thinking Simpsons skateboarding, but we can kind of dig into that. Now that I, I thought about the Simpsons game on the PlayStation 3. It'll be Simpsons something. Yeah, I, I want to play that too. I mean, there's so much. We have, September. We might want to just like on a couple of these, like double up our games. Right, right. And just like play two games for one episode. That'd okay. be fun. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, we'll look into that. We'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, Simpsons Road Rage next week. Uh, again, this has been episode 147 of the Game Inflators podcast. My name is John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.